When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? It's Soren Baker here on Unique Access Entertainment with Soren Baker. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening, however you're listening. We appreciate the support. So, of course, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast because we're trying to get to that number one spot in the game. Today, I'm very excited for Unique Access with Soren Baker to be joined by the RZA. Now, I've been knowing and interviewing the RZA since the 90s, and I'm very excited because he's got a new project with DJ Scratch that's out that's called Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater. So we focused the interview on that and weave in some of the lessons he's learned over the years, a mistake he made, and also why DJ Scratch was the one that he wanted to reach out to to make Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater. So that's what we're doing here today. Unique Access Entertainment with Soren Baker. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, everybody? It's Soren Baker here on Unique Access Entertainment. As always, please hit that subscribe button. It's right down there, and it's free. That enables us to keep coming to you guys as often as possible with as many interviews as possible. So please hit that subscribe button, like our content, share it, talk about it, be about it, each one, teach one, and we appreciate your guys' support and getting us this far. Now, today, we have the honor and privilege of being joined by the magnificent, the RZA. Thank you for coming through, sir. Peace, what up, y'all? What up, sorry? Good to be back talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, always a pleasure, man. You and uh, as you always have so much going on, one of the great things the the new project you have with DJ Scratch Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater. So uh, this album, I think, is amazing on so many levels. I'm very excited to talk to you about it. And uh, one thing I wanted to know. For you, when you're getting into a project like this, where you know you're going to be focusing more on the lyrics than the beats, how does that uh, affect what you do? Well, I do more jumping jacks, you know (laughs) know what I mean? Um, You know, to keep those lungs open. Um, And yeah, I I really like, you know, kind of train my voice a little bit. So I'll probably like, uh, like rap it over and over and over. Like I get up early in the in the day, um, rehearse it, you know what I mean, before I go down to the studio, you know? And it's 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 it was it's more freedom to for me to um to do the MC and than to do the MC and the production. Um, because if, if it's all about the production, that means I gotta start the day thinking music, you know what I mean, versus thinking lyrics. And, uh, and of course I've done that my whole career, um, but there's been some times I was blessed not to do that. And this was one of them. And, and I just strictly just really have fun just playing with the words, you know, it's something that uh, I enjoy. The funny thing I was gonna say real quick, you know, when I started hip hop, I was an MC before I was a, a producer. Um, and, you know, there was doubt in my producing skills from my old manager, you know what I mean? And he used to always send me to other producers, you know, um, DR period, Dice, Easy Moby. Uh, these are, you know, Lost Professor. These are the, some of the early dudes that I was able to be around and and try to do demos with, right? But 
I always wanted to produce my own sound because I felt that my lyrical approach wasn't really matching the producers, which is weird, right? Um, but each time I did it, though, I still had a freedom. Like, I never forget going, just going to their house, showing up, and all I have to do is bring my lyric book, and they had to have all the other things ready. And sometimes we made good songs, sometimes we didn't. None of the songs that I've created, maybe one, I think with Easy Mobi made it to actually a release called Sexcapades. Um, and during the pandemic, I actually had a chance to go back. I don't know if you're one of those people saw in that when you kind of like, you know, I've been blessed to have, you know, a few cribs in my life and we moved from one crib to another and we must have been there for a few years where we still finish unpacking. You ever, you ever been in that situation? <laughs> that happened to me because you're moving so fast, you don't you don't even think to do it because you got so much else you're doing. Yeah, so the pandemic gave me some time to unpack, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I unpack and I find this old book of lyrics that I must have started writing when I was 14 years old. And it ended maybe up to the age of about 18. And then I found another one. These two books. It was in this big Tommy Hilfiger bag. I found another one that actually ends right before Wu-Tang Clan. Right? And I started reading through them. And I was like, wow, this was this was like me. This is Prince Rakim. This is before Prince Rakim. This is the, the high school kid. And it just inspired me. Like, yo, wait a minute. I'm a, I'm a lyricist, yo. Um, and I was that first. That was my first foray into hip hop. Um, and so later on, you know, a few weeks later, as I'm going through this chain, I end up calling DJ Scratch. And I um, told him like, yo, he had this track I remember that he had when he was working on A Diagram. It's crazy. It was the song that's called Kaiju. He had that for a while, yo. That's one of and, the craziest beats on the album. Yo. Exactly. And I was like, yo, you still got that joint. And he was like, yo, I do. And I got more. And I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's do a project. And uh, I'm going to be the MC. And the thing, the thing about it, going back to, you know, it's a long answer to your question, but it was more like he had tracks that fit my style of MCing. And I mean, so it wasn't like he was trying to get me to get on his tracks that fit a style of production that he was trying to share. He actually had Wu-Tang produce beats that was inspired by Wu-Tang Clan. And therefore, it was right up my chamber. You know what I mean? And I just let the pen flow. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kaiju, uh, that's the last song on the album. But I also loved, um, I mean, it sounds like timpani drums uh, with that kind of the sound of it, which I thought was amazing because uh, we don't, as much as rap is driven by drums, we don't always get other type of percussion as much in rap. So when you hear those different sounds, how does that help you or inspire you or drive you uh, lyrically? I mean, the drum always could drive you, but it's really the combination blend of the drum, the the bum, bum, uh, the horns, the, the all the vibes together um, that moves me. Like some MCs, are actually moved by the drum. If you really think about it, I'm actually, as an MC, I'm actually moved by the combination of drum with chord. 
So, yeah, it's like even listen to the song Fisherman. Yeah, like I'm 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 actually I'm actually moving to the melody. You know what I mean? Um, which is very unique. If you go back and listen to my old songs, like on the Wu Tang Clan, there's a song called Impossible that was uh, produced by the Fourth Disciple, uh, one of my favorite productions of his. In fact, you know, he had a lot of production, but I put that on the Wu-Tang Forever album because I just felt like, yo, he was at the pinnacle of his technique. And once again, you're here, it's really chord progressions going. Right. And it just really allowed me to unleash uh, lyrical ideas uh, that's not only lyric as an MC, but even if you was a poet, you'll find the poetry in it. If you was a scholar, you'll find a scholastic academic in it. You know what I mean? All these elements come out to me when the melody, when the melody and the chords combine with the drums. That's when I think I get some of my best work out. Well, I agree. I think Fisherman is, if not my favorite, one of my favorites, especially lyrically. And I wanted you to, um, one of the things that you were talking about is as you often do the state of, of Black America or Blacks in America in particular, with uh, so many people being incarcerated and, and different things. So how did you, how and why did you decide to weave that and to do it in such an imaginative way on Fisherman? Yeah, I, I, as I was writing the lyric, right, there's a couple of things that was going through my mind. It seemed like the the, the trumpet was calling for people to listen. Like, so in the Bible, it always says that trumpet will blow. The seven horns will blow from those angels that are open us up in the seven seals. So, and in the Bible, it also said that, uh, that Jesus had told Peter, he want him to fish, be a fisherman of men, right? And so that's why I start off kind of in that concept, the great fisherman, a fisher of men, trying to find a remedy for the elixir of sin. How do we find that remedy for, wait, entices us, then I said, my premonition is that we need divine intervention. The whole world is a stage. We all playing the game, but it's time for intermission. We need to stop. And then I kind of go back to some of the roots of that stage. In the middle of the Congo jungle, there's a combo of concentrated elements that make the world's phones glow. So they go out to Congo and they mine all these elements and they come and put them in our cell phones, but they got a small zone for this phone, yo. Like, so they don't even got the phones like we got, but we used to communicate just banging on the bongos, right? That hip hop, those drums. But that's when the village was more brotherly and more motherly. But the Dutch came through and killed them off for the rubber tree. So when I said that, it's like, okay, it's the same situation. Now the crack of that time is rubber. And so many black men and women and children were amputated. Millions was amputated. If you go back and check the story of King Leopold built this city on the sea of gold, but the resurrector is still traveling on a silky road. And someone told us to grow up, like now telling me to grow up and get my dough up. So I invested inside the blow rush, but that was the late eighties gold rush. So still tying it in from his gold rush to then. And now our gold rush is cracked. And the DMD, which is my old crew, the gladiator posse, the wreck posse, we had it sold up and it's, I said, it's crazy how we changed the quota just by adding baking soda. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes on that we're doing or taking over streets and corners like Ford making motors and the motor roller comes in and the 
Toyota Corollas and Cokers and cans of Folgers and our pockets start to skyrocket and bulge up, right? Until the price of life becomes less than the cost of a box of rice. You know what I mean? And, and the violence is coming. We kill, everybody's killing each other over nothing. And there's so many black youths is locked in the box for life. And then you say, and it wasn't worth the sacrifice. Yeah, they go, I want to go home. It wasn't worth the sacrifice. No, it wasn't worth the sacrifice. All these ambitions that we strive for, going back to the first line, we got caught in the elixir of sin ourselves, and it ain't worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't worth the sacrifice. And that, to me, is one of the brilliance of fishermen, because it's like, what, what are we striving for and the results that we're getting, we may think they're right, but if the fish is poisoned, <laughs> it's not worth it. Exactly. It's like, I understand the sushi master, you know, he has to be very skilled to cut that blowfish. If he cut it right, you know, you eat it, maybe you get a little taste out, but me, I don't, I don't even want the blowfish. So. Right. It ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then also you have the different languages on there. You got Spanish, you do a little rapping in Spanish, a little bit in French. So what inspired you to, to go into those, dip in those different languages at the end of the song and the fishermen? I, yeah, I think that sometimes when I'm, I'm seeing, you know, this album is depicting it's Bobby Digital versus the RZA. So one verse could be a RZA verse, a second verse could be a Bobby Digital verse. You know what I mean? And that's just for the for the fans of mine who are in tune with the lyrical content of that. And the second verse is totally different from the from the first verse. The second verse is a braggadocious rap, while with a with a with a lyricist ends up uh, knapsacking with some pretty French girls, <laughs> like vagabonds, and he you know then he comes back to America and up in some in an Escalade with four female securities. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. At the end of the day, I always write about my own self and my own different personalities and things that I face. So I've been in that situation. I've been over to South of France and, uh, you know, I was looked upon as a sex symbol uh, for a few years and, you know, I had my good times. And I just thought I'll put that in the lyric, you know what I mean? But at the same time, <laughs> put it in a battle, put it in a battle form, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's in line with Bobby Digital. You ever go back to that first Bobby Digital album, you'll notice that. It, I have French, Swahili, Italian, Spanish, uh, German, all these different languages incorporated into the creative process. Yeah, and even on that album, there's Bobby Digital and Stereo. I also remember back then when I interviewed you for that, we were talking about uh, some of the bass and the drums driving you differently because you had different patterns on there that you had never used. So yeah. I, I remember how we had talked about that, and it's amazing that... Uh, some of those rhythms and different things still are inspiring you in different ways. It still so, pops up, right? Yeah. Now on uh, the title track to Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, my favorite line on that was the friends want your money and the fame, but don't want to accept your lessons or your teachings. Yeah. So after you got the success, like what was happening to where that realization was taking place with you creatively and as a person? Yeah, I think a lot of us go through that. Even the even a look, even the average layman, if you if you're in a household and you're the family breadwinner, and people are sitting at home waiting for you to bring home that bread, you know what I mean? And not realizing that they could participate 
and help build, you know, add build means to add on, meaning somebody can add on. So even the layman could feel it, but if you're in a celebrity position and you have some success economically, people sometimes just see the economics of it. They don't see the struggle of it. Uh, they don't take heed that you actually got there from a path. It's like, yo, the bodybuilder just didn't wake up with muscles. You know what I mean? He went to the gym and worked out and, and did everything he had to do to make his body look beautiful. Look at my brother, Meth. He's a great living example of that. He, he was a lanky dude at one point. Now he looks like a superhero, right? And he made a conscious decision to do that to him for himself and to himself. Now somebody else could look and think, oh, I'm gonna be like that. No, you gotta go do it. So you want his body, right? You want his fame. Like I said, they want my money, my lab, they want my crib, they want my fame. They want everything, but they won't accept my teachings. And if they accept my teachings, they get all I got and more. Yeah. yeah. So why, why is that such a hard thing for people to understand that we need to take this everything in life as a process? It doesn't, you just doesn't miraculously happen. Why, why do you think that's the case? I mean, it's a good question. And I don't know if I have the answer, but I, I could at least put a perspective on it, which is um, especially nowadays, everything is fast, you know, fast food. You know, I mean, just think about that. It means you get, why does food have to be fast? People probably take fast, excuse my language, take a fast shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably, I mean, you don't take the time to let your body cook it, let your time, let your body digest it. Um, you know, it's instantaneously, it's on your phone, you know, before something like this, an interview like this, to get this whole process of audio and visual and then share it, it'd be a couple of weeks to do all that. Right now, as soon as we hang up, you're going to hit the button and somebody can hit that subscribe button, like you said, you know what I mean? And not only have access to this, but have access to a whole library of your interviews. So it's instantaneous. And that's a beautiful thing. But that still doesn't mean that you could take a seed and throw it into the ground it's gonna produce you a tree. Right. That's that process that people are not patient for. You know, in, in the meta world, you know, you could get on some picture, uh, picture virtual reality, Google's goggles on and go ahead. But in, re in reality, you know, it's a process. I just end with like, the thing that we could, that I try to tell brothers and sisters to recognize is that, you know, life always produces life. You know what I mean? And energy put in will always give you energy out, no matter what. Even if you breathe in, you gotta breathe out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes the worst time of life goes back to the foundation of physical life. The physical life foundation of us breathing this air on our own without our mother is when, we, when she gives birth to us. But she has to go through intense pain of labor for that. Intense pain. And then after that pain, new life is here and a new joy is here and, and, and endless possibilities return, right? And if, if people can understand that in the same thing in business and art, you know, like I made a mistake once and I said this, which I made a mistake at one point this was after I was making money from my art that I wouldn't make art unless they offered me money. 
And then my art actually declined. My level of ambition and inspiration declined. And maybe even my art declined. People started, you know, saying some of the later music wasn't this or wasn't that, um, you know? But then you go back to an album like this, no money was exchanged. It was just two people making art. The painter paints the painting before it gets a price. Right. And then people got, you know, young people can understand that or people whatever of all ages can understand that. Yo, dude, once you plant the seed and you dig it up and plant it, it's going to produce what it, what's, 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 what's necessary for you. Um, so that's my teachings. <laughs> and I hope they accept that versus thinking you could bang me over the head in two minutes and get what it took me two years to build. Yeah. Well, as you talk about on Fate of the World, also on Saturday afternoon, Kung Fu Theater is how the Wu, you know, kind of referencing the spiritual battles that we all face with one another. So given that those are constant battles over the years, how have you found you've been able to sustain and, and work on mastering that process within yourself? Well, the blessing is the longer, you know, we're able to breathe this air, uh, the more stronger we should become, you know, going back to that same tree, those sycamore trees. I remember Oprah told me one day, I was so blessed she said this to me. She, she called me a sycamore. She said she's one as well. Uh, these trees, you know, they take a long time to grow. When they grow, they grow strong. They grow so strong. Some of them are harder still. And they've been standing there right there in California. Those trees are, they call it the petrified forest, right? It's just like, yo, it takes a long time to get to that and have the patience to get to that, right? I'll use the tree as a big example because I just remember uh, in my home back in, in Jersey, we had planted some cherry blossoms right? Uh, cherry trees, actually. And the idea is if they grow to their full potential, they will get fruit. But the deers ate them as soon as they start to sprout, right? And that was good for the deers. It turned out that turned out to be food. But if he would have kept growing, maybe I could have got some wood and made a chair. Maybe he would have kept growing, I would have got some fruit and be able to make an orchid. You know what I mean? And so going back to how I see the spiritual world, it's like so many of us, definitely the Wu-Tang Clan and other hip hop artists and many, especially black men and women who do the struggle of trying to navigate American life have fought and some have laid their lives down physically, not just spiritually, in order for us to have these better days in our lives. And we are living in those better days. You know what I mean? So that's when I said in the spiritual world, Wu-Tang Clan had to fight for you and we was victorious. The, vic the victorious is that look at us, yo. Here we are here in 2022, still existing, still spreading the culture, uh, still seeing, you know, when you see other artists that were inspired by Wu and their leading culture, you know, Kanye is a good example. Uh, Gazelda is a good example. You know what I mean? Even Jay-Z himself once said, yo, I got the blueprint from you. You know what I mean? It's a blessing that the things that we do inspire others to do what they do. Now you can sit there and watch a TV show and re see a reenactment of a lot of it and regain that information, you know? Um, and that took us being able to, to spiritually stay as strong as we could when all the oppositions was against us. And we, look, we, we lost someone in the, in the struggle. You know what I mean? Asan didn't make it all the way here with us. It's hard, 
you know, drugs and sex and vanity and fame and money, all those things are hard to navigate when you're young. You know what I mean? Um, but with knowledge of self and mindfulness, and sometimes I use, I use the word spiritual, but it, mindfulness is another great way to really say it. With knowledge of self and mindfulness uh, and taking heed to those before you, you can make it through all that and do better. So if these young artists are doing better than us economically, we're proud of them. Uh, but hopefully they'll also pick up that wisdom. That's as we say in the song, despotism, capitalism, socialism, forgot the wisdom. So now we're sitting in a rotten system. So don't forget the wisdom, add that to it. And then you'll be able to see it clear. As you also said, it's yours. Shout out to the rock. All right, Rizzo. Well, thanks so much for coming through. Congratulations on Saturday afternoon Kung Fu Theater with DJ Scratch. Always a pleasure chopping it up with you, man. Thank you, Son. Peace. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Unique Access with Soren Baker. I appreciate your guys' support. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and however you guys checked out this episode of Unique Access with Soren Baker. Also, if you haven't already, please pick up the copies of my two most recent books, The History of Gangster Rap and The Gucci Man Guide to Greatness with Gucci Man. You can find both of those books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at the independent bookstore near you. And of course, you could also check them out at your library. And if any of those places don't have them, please request them. And most importantly, thank you so much for listening to Unique Access with Soren Baker, however you listen to us. And please subscribe so we get into your feed. Hit us with that like and hit us with the five stars, 10 stars, 100 stars, whatever's the highest they got on this platform. But we appreciate your guys' support and look forward to you checking us out on the next episode. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.